Hey guys, welcome back to episode 18 of What's the Goss? You're joined once again with your favourite host, Mally and Sadie. We're going through something a little bit different today, guys. Um, usually we have been doing dilemmas or most recently, Am I the Arseholes? But today we're mixing it up with some moral dilemmas. Uh, we, we've chosen a few that have really made us think. They range from relationships to friendships to car crashes. So um, we really hope that this is um, a fun new concept for you guys. Um, but without further ado, we're going to jump right straight into the question of the week, which was, what was it, Mal? The question of the week was, how long do you spend on TikTok? So what is your screen time for TikTok? It's really funny because we, we were talking a little bit about this last week and me and Mally revealed our own TikTok screen time. I can't remember whose was higher, but I'm sure my daily average was around about two hours, which to me... I know that that's going to be my dying regret. Like, I'm very conscious of my screen time after I've, um, you know, said that out loud. Like, I know I'm going to regret spending so much time on TikTok. But what was yours? I can't quite remember. I actually can't remember, to be honest. It was would have been something like that. Yeah, so we asked you guys what your average screen time was per day for TikTok. Um, so we've got somebody who says 29 minutes. That's really good. <laughs> we had a few people saying they don't have TikTok altogether. But to be honest, for the majority of the respondents, it was anywhere between an hour and a half to the highest result, which was an average of six hours a day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I'm looking at mine at the moment. And some days I've only spent half an hour on TikTok this week, but I have been moving house. So I've not really been on my phone as much. But I'd say my daily average for TikTok... um, is anywhere between 15 minutes and three hours usually on the lower side more towards an hour and 15 usually oh my god it's ridiculous I remember over covid um I think I just started making and watching tiktok so I hadn't long downloaded it and I remember my screen time I think the highest screen time I've ever had for tiktok was eight hours and I was just there probably in bed all day just scrolling on tiktok so a bit crazy (laughs) it's a bit much but yeah the thing is with tiktok though is there's just so many different things you can look at on there like you could be watching educational videos you could be watching comedy like it's not all tiktok original content either a lot of it is just like clips from tv shows um stand-up comedy anything really sometimes you can really get like immersed into it you start watching like a documentary in like 500 parts because they can only put like up to 10 minute videos on there oh my gosh I watched those movie clips and there's those accounts who will post an entire film in three minute videos and you just watch the whole film on TikTok that's yeah. a good bit of time um so yeah we're gonna get straight into the moral dilemmas this week guys we've got quite a few to go over and um, but I'm going to start with the first one that I found quite interesting I think quite a few of you may be facing this dilemma in your relationship this one is titled monitoring your partner's social media your partner's done nothing to suggest he's being unfaithful to you however because of your cheating ex you get a strong urge to look at his phone every time he showers do you take a look Ooh, I do think having a look through someone's phone is obviously an invasion of their privacy but I think I'd be lying if I said I've never done that before Yeah, I definitely think you do need to kind of work on that if you do feel like you need to be doing that because there's obviously something that's making you feel like that and you do have to remember that, you know, um, just because you actually cheated on you, you know, your new partner is is not that person. So you can't really be painting them with the same brush and treating them like they've 
you'd have done something wrong from the get-go if they give you a reason to believe that then sure but I think if you're just kind of deciding to do that um I don't know I just don't think they would take it too well to be honest 100% um I was gonna ask how do you feel then about um like parents going through their child's social media on their phone um it depends how old they are I think if they're living under your roof and they're under the age of like I don't know like 15 16 then I don't really see the problem with doing that I think you know there should be some kind of transparency with it really I I personally my parents never went through my phone but I know you said yours did so I guess everyone's different but I think if it was my kids I would go through their phone just because I know what social media is like no I totally agree like I had a different experience with you my mum went through my phone I know she's watching this I know she's listening to this podcast mum um, yeah, so she did go through my phone quite a lot between the ages of like 12 and 15. At the time, I was so mad, like so angry. But I think as I've gotten older, you know, and seen how scary the online space is for like young kids, I think I would have known quite a few young people that would have definitely benefited from their parents going through their phones themselves and just like, you know, keeping up to date with what they're up to especially if they don't have that strong of communication anyway. I do think that going through their phone can be quite beneficial. But you can't just take their phone and not tell them, like, you know, you can't just say, "Um, you can't just take your kid's phone in the middle of the night and check through all of their messages. That's not right. There does have to be some transparency. Um, Yeah. In any circumstance, it is an invasion of privacy. But sometimes, you know, for your own peace of mind, it, it can be beneficial. Yeah, and I'm not sure, I don't really know where the line goes with kids as well. Like, are they entitled to their own privacy or not? Because, you know, I think if you're under the age of 13, 100% your parents should be monitoring it because 13 is the age to have the app. Um, But I do think, like, I would still be going through my children's phones probably until they were, like, 15. Just not going through their phone, but just, like, if I thought there was something up or, like there was just something suspicious then maybe I would have a little look just to make sure but realistically I'd have them as a friend on everything anyway um just mm-hmm. so I can see what they're posting so I wouldn't really feel the need to because whatever they say in their private messages that's up to them like I can't monitor what comes out of their mouth so I shouldn't really monitor like what they text because some things are just out of your control and you kind of have to like accept that in terms of what they're posting publicly there should definitely be some kind of guidance there like my mum was quite strict on what I posted as a child she was actually strict about that but she never went through my phone but if I posted something she didn't approve of she would tell me to remove it so okay so the unfaithful friend you go out with your husband for dinner at a new restaurant you have not frequented before it is in a part of town you rarely visit you were shocked to see your friend's spouse having dinner with a very young attractive person from the way they are behaving it is obvious they are more than friends the couple finish their meal and leave without seeing you they behave very affectionately on the way out the door Do you, A, tell your friend knowing you probably will not be believed and that it may ruin your friendship, or B, say nothing about the couple as it's none of your business, they may even have an open relationship? Mm. You know, I'd say tell the friend because I think even if you don't tell the friend, as she finds out later down the line, it will ruin your relationship anyway because she'll be like, well, why didn't you tell me about this? You've obviously witnessed it. You haven't told me about it. So that situation could be even worse. I know that it can be a little bit scary to, you're like the messenger is in this situation, aren't you? You're the one delivering the message that her boyfriend is cheating on her. So yeah. that can be a little bit scary. But I think in this situation, you can't really think of yourself and worry about your own friendship with her. I think you need to think, 
okay, I need to do what's best for this relationship. You need to communicate with her what's gone on. Um, yeah, to be fair, she does say, though, um, that they didn't see her. She's only seen them. So I guess the dilemma is, if you see something that's wrong, do you kind of risk, do you get yourself involved in someone someone else's relationship by telling them? Like, do you feel like you need to be a saviour and, like, let them know? Or do you just kind of mind your own business? And, you know, like you said, they could have an open relationship. They could be on... It could have separated without you knowing. It could not be what it seems. Like, are you just meddling in someone else's business? But if it was me, I would tell them personally just because of who I am. I'm a very honest person. And I think if I saw that, it would eat away at me Um, if I hadn't told, like, my friend. I guess it depends how much of a close friend they are. If it was someone I wasn't very close with, then I probably wouldn't feel comfortable telling them that because it would just seem like I was meddling their relationship. But if it was someone close to me, then I'd definitely tell them. I think if, uh, well, to be honest, for me, I would want to know, like, I don't care who you are. If you see my boyfriend cheating on me or even if, if we are in an open relationship or something, even just like, you know, talk to me about it because it'll be something you can kind of laugh off at the end of the day and explain the situation. But I would want to know in any situation if somebody was cheating on me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah like... I would definitely choose that. Yeah. Okay. So this one says, your partner's been away for work for a year. He admits over FaceTime that he's fallen in love with someone else. He says he still loves you deeply and misses you terribly, but he's realised through his loneliness, he also has developed strong feelings for another person. Despite being afraid of losing you, he decided to be honest with you and shared his emotions. What do you do? I guess the question comes in here, can you love two people at once? And I'm not sure. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. I don't know if you can. In a romantic way, I feel like there's always going to be someone who takes the upper hand who you do love more, um, in which case it's just not even, is it? And you're just going to have to, you know, pick. Um, I think honesty is the best policy. If you mess up, you should confess the things. Um, I do think, you know, especially when you enter a relationship or even like a, a marriage, um, you are like you are saying vows to be honest and to be faithful. And if if you can't be faithful, at least be honest um I think it's not like there's no damage done because he confessed you know it's still a very 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 bad situation and not one I'd want to be in but I don't know I I don't really think I think I expect honesty to be honest (laughs) yeah to me it doesn't really I'm not like oh wow he was honest like yeah as you should be you know you just cheated on me so I 100% agree with this. From the dilemma, it doesn't seem like it's gone anywhere. Like, it doesn't seem like there's been any intimacy, at least not specified. Um, But personally, I could not be with somebody knowing that they have feelings for someone else. Like, I couldn't. And like Molly said, like, we need to stop saying, oh, he was honest with me. Like, that's bare minimum. You should never be like, oh, wow, he's done this, when that is completely what's expected in a relationship. Loyalty, honesty, and love. Like, those are the three things you need. Um, So for me, I could never, ever stay with somebody, even if they're honest in this situation. I I couldn't do it. Um, I don't really know what's worse is like physical falling in love with somebody physically or in like a like a love sense I don't know what would be worse for me what what do you think um I think falling in love with someone like um emotionally and intellectually would be a lot more hurtful than just like sleeping with someone else like I think you know having an affair is more hurtful than someone just having a one night stand or something yeah definitely because this love you know it doesn't happen overnight like it's something that takes a long time to fester and to develop 
um so yeah I know that that's I could never do that in that situation that's my response to that one telling a secret your friend tells you that they committed a crime they explain that they are having trouble sleeping at night and feel you are the only one they can trust with their confession a few days later you read in the paper that someone has been arrested for your friend's crime do you a go to the police and tell them what you know B, encourage your friend to confess and warn him if he does not do so, you will tell. Or C, say nothing because you will not betray your friend's confidence. Mm. Um, do you know what? I think it would eat me up if I didn't say, like, listen, you need to go and confess. Like, I don't think I could cope with an innocent person going to prison and I could have done something about it and that person's just, like, rotting away in jail because of something your friend did like I, I couldn't I couldn't live with that and this goes all my friends probably don't tell me if you've committed a crime then because I probably will just tell you to like turn yourself in I would I don't think I could properly hide it like I say it kind of depends on the crime but in this scenario somebody's actually going to go away for it I don't think I could sleep at night if I let somebody go to jail for a crime they didn't commit yeah and they're kind of making you in a bit of a bit of an accessory to the crime by telling you that like I'd kind of rather my friends didn't yeah didn't tell me didn't get me involved if they weren't going to confess if they're going to confess sure but I don't really want to have to be responsible for that guilt so yeah I do think C would be a very good middle ground encourage your friend to confess you know you're giving them the opportunity to and then if they don't you'll tell them tell the police yourself I think that's the perfect middle ground you're not ignoring the situation and pretending nothing's happened just because your friend had confidence in you and you're not just completely grasping on them behind their back you are giving them an ultimatum really and if they can't make the right decision then you're kind of left with having to make that decision for them you're involved in a two-car crash on your way to work one morning in which you accidentally hit a pedestrian as you get out of the car you're intercepted by a tearful woman who seems to think she hit and killed the pedestrian you're not sure why she thinks she hit the person but she is convinced there's only you the woman and the person on the road there are no witnesses you know that whoever is deemed responsible will probably be sent to prison for life. What would you do? Mm. So they've hit someone. No, you've hit somebody, but there's a woman who's convinced that she's the one who hit them. Right. Okay. Um. So this is like getting that's away really difficult. Now. That's really difficult because, like, at the same time, you don't want to go to jail, but you have done that I think it's one of those things where if you didn't admit to it you would convince yourself that something bad was going to happen to you as a result of it like I believe in karma and I don't think I'd be able to live with that guilt of knowing that somebody else has taken the blame um I don't think I could live with that to be honest I think the living with that would be worse for me than going to jail honestly because I think about it daily I think about that woman in jail like you know serving time for a crime I committed my you know accident and it was an accident was it you said yeah it was an accident yeah he uh accidentally hit and kill a pedestrian but I have the exact same opinion as you like god even if like I tell a white lie about something or just I don't know like the other day like a, a frutella wrapper flew out of my car and I was like oh it's fine I'll just leave it there and then I thought to myself oh <gasps> you know, if I don't pick it up, something's going to happen to me and it's karma, like, even for the smallest little thing. So I couldn't live with this because I'd be convinced that I'm going to get hit by a car, like, for karma. So, yeah, no, I would have to fess up. Because also, like, that's somebody who's, like, completely innocent at the end of the day. Like, they've got a family, they've got a life. Like, they have literally not done it. Like, that's just probably going to cause them so much trauma to think that they've killed somebody. But 
Yeah, I would have to say that I did it. Yeah, this one's pretty interesting. It's called Midnight Death. You've worked years to be successful in your father's business. You felt you were obligated to take over as he worked his whole life to build the business left to him by his father. However, the large business in town have seriously cut into profits and for several years, you and your family have just managed to scrape by. Your father's health has declined and he has been hospitalised. He has a substantial life insurance policy that expires at midnight. If he dies before midnight, you will inherit enough money to pursue your career. Sorry, to pursue a career you have always dreamt of and provide adequately for your family. So... His health has declined. He's been hospitalised. He's a substantial life insurance that ends at midnight. Do you pinch the oxygen line, making it possible for your dad to die or smother him with a pillow? Do you tell your dad the problem and let him suggest a solution and go by what he says? Or do you do nothing as you cannot imagine living with yourself if you terminate your dad's life? Is it certain that he's going to die? That's the thing I'm kind of unsure about is it hasn't said, but it is a family business. So um, that that's the difficult one. I suppose another one from that we could say, which might be a little harder to decide, because for me on that one, it would be obvious I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you didn't, you know, he could live, he could live this, live through this. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I guess let's change it and let's say that he is going to die Um within the next week let's say he's gonna die within the next week do you you know cut his life by a week and benefit I guess the legacy of his family business and your family or you know and then you get or do you you know cherish that last week that you've got with him and let him say his goodbyes to everyone this is I guess why they call it a moral dilemma (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I I couldn't live with myself if I did that, even if there was like, even if it was certain that he was going to die in the last week, I couldn't do that. It brings up the whole thing of karma, but not only this, like it's your dad. It's not like a random stranger. Like I would never cut his life short. Um, so I think I would have to talk it over with him. And I think also life has a way of working things out. You're not going to be like stuffed. But if Um, you do it, then you're assisting someone's death, which you can go to prison for. I do think that is a big moral issue doing that. What would you do then? Um, I personally wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't be able to live with it. And money's not important enough to me to kind of, you know, shorten someone's life, whether that be a week, 10 minutes, whatever. I just think even if their quality of life wasn't great, even to say to them, you know, can I do this so that I can get a big payout just seems wrong. Um I'm just not really... I just couldn't live with myself, to be honest. Okay, so I've got another one here. You're on holiday and meet this amazing guy. Both of you soon fall in love, but there's a problem. This guy is married. He says he loves his wife, but he also has strong feelings for you. He would love to be honest with her, but he knows that if he will, they'll end up getting a divorce. Do you ignore the whole thing and simply enjoy the time you have left together on holiday or cut your relationship short with this man? Oh, definitely cut my relationship short. I don't care about it. And, like, I can't, no, I wouldn't have an affair with a married man. Definitely not. Like, I wouldn't want to be his wife in that position. Um, And I think it's disgusting that he'd do that. And that would just make me resent him. So that would ruin things for me. Exactly. And, like, obviously, you're not in the wrong of the situation at all. Um, 
if you decide to leave him because you know it's not like you're risking anything it's not as if you've like been in a relationship with years for this man and you found out he's got a wife on the side like no this is just a holiday fling there's there's no need to stay really is there like it's just a man on holiday um i would cut the relationship short i think that it would come back around to you if you stayed i think currently you're not at fault at all um but if you're knowingly entering a relationship with a married man like that it, that is very shameful i couldn't do that and i don't have respect for anybody who ever would okay next up we've got a difficult choice you and your family love the beach and decide to spend a weekend at an isolated beach cabin your teenage daughter often gets bored on your getaways so you make plans to take your niece along as soon as you arrive a storm is looming on the horizon and the water looks rough you tell the girls they can get ready to swim but come back and help unload the car they are so excited they do not pay attention to the last part of what you say and run down to the beach to swim you do not realize they have done so until you hear your daughter scream you realize they both got caught in a strong current and might be swept out to sea you're a good swimmer and you know you can save one of them you have a difficult choice to make do you A, save your niece first as she is a poor swimmer and will not be able to last as long as your daughter or B, save your daughter first because although she's a strong swimmer and may not be able to last although she is a strong swimmer and may not be able to last long enough for you to come back after saving your niece you cannot stand the idea of losing her. Is there not another lifeguard on this flipping beach? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, why are you the only person who can save these two girls? Um... For me, I guess there's a chance that you might, if you save your daughter, um, your niece might just, you know, drown and you've got to live with the fact that your daughter might have survived. But I wouldn't really want to take my chances. I think I'd just save my daughter, to be honest. Like, as horrible as that sounds, I'd like to think that, you know, if their parent was in the same position, they'd have to do the same thing. Like, of course, I wouldn't want to see either of them die, but like... You you know you can't. There's no guarantee that your daughter would survive. You, they're in a they're str- swept up in mm-hmm. a storm. You know maybe in a riptide, whatever. They're not going to. There's no guarantee. So I think that's completely forgivable if you would choose your daughter, and even if you're in that situation, I think that any parent would really um choose their daughter over their niece in this situation like it's heartbreaking but you know that's why they're moral dilemmas they're not supposed to be easy they're meant to be controversial um but yeah no i choose a daughter i mean at the end of the day that's your own blood your dna um as is your niece but it's a very different relationship that you would have with your daughter um and i think in terms of the chances like imagine if you'd save your niece and then you know your daughter didn't make it i think that would be you know so heartbreaking so you would have to choose your daughter okay so this one says you're an ambulance driver on the scene of a car crash that involves your husband and his lover that you didn't know he had both are gravely injured your your husband's injuries are the worst of them you can tell it's unlikely he'll push through meanwhile his lover has a neck wound that will prove fatal if pressure isn't applied soon who would you choose to work on first um so basically your cheating husband or the girl he's cheating on you with god one of them's gonna die (laughs) Mm, i guess you've got to think of it from a non-personal perspective as well like you have you can either save someone's life or you can i suppose not save someone's life because like she said he's in critical condition anyway he's probably not gonna make it whereas she very much would make it unless you you know don't do anything i think 
Oh god, I don't know how I'd react because like that is your husband at the end of the day. There's a lot of love there, although you'd be very upset. But at the same time, do you really want to see your husband live and like how are you gonna kind of like go on after this? But then I would kind of want some sort of explanation. I would want to know the truth. So thing as well is like he's cheated on you, he's kind of like he's broken your vows. Do you really want to like you know like be the person who saves him? I don't know. Mm. What if what if they both survive and then they just he just leaves you for her? Like you'd feel a bit like oh should I just leave? <laughs> yeah it's true. Um, I think I would have to save the husband just because that is your husband at the end of the day. Like you have a lot more loyalty towards them. You it doesn't matter that he's cheated. Like in a life and death moment, you're gonna choose them. Like it's your natural instinct. Um, and like especially if you have a family together you know a house together whatever even if it's kind of like you're not doing it for the right reasons like it could be any reason really like he could be in a lot of debt that he'd be leaving you with or like he could be the main like breadwinner and like if he dies you're screwed you know what I mean like he's done enough he's just cheated on you so even if his life's kind of going to be a living hell because you've just found out he's cheated on you I feel like I'd he'd be taking the easy route out a little bit if he just died yeah that's true actually and I think that even if he did live he would feel so bad because can you imagine you caught him with his lover they've gotten into a car crash and you've saved him can you imagine how bad he would feel and I think that would be worth saving for him for alone so yeah I think I'd that's a difficult one I really I actually find that the hardest to decide out of all of them because I don't know you would you just don't know until you're in that situation I suppose Mm -hmm. um but this is a random woman that you don't know isn't it you've never met her how would you know that they were having an affair i suppose um at that very moment in time it would just be an assumption but you don't know for sure and you've got to make that decision in a split second you know yeah that changes things a little bit in in that way that you would definitely choose the husband wouldn't you if you even if you didn't think it was an affair you would choose your husband over some random woman um did you watch the tommy fury and ksi fight i didn't actually but we Uh, we did see some fights of our own oh yeah we did Oh yeah, well actually I don't know why I asked you that because I knew you didn't watch it but I wasn't sure if maybe you'd seen part of it afterwards but yeah, Tommy Fury and obviously KSI, they had a fight um, massive event in Manchester and Tommy Fury won by points which was, I was I was rooting for Tommy Fury um, but honestly watching it, it was I didn't know who was going to win at all I really wasn't sure and he did end up winning but it's turned out that apparently um, well, it was questioned anyway. KSI was kicking off. He literally kicked, like, in an interview, he was, like, kicking a wall and, like, shouting and everything. Like, probably kicking off like a baby. He just can't handle losing. And I understand, like, if it's been marked unfairly, then he would be super frustrated. But it was his event. It was his, like, he booked the judges, everything. So, like Tommy was saying, like, everything was on his side, really. So for the judges to then, like, choose Tommy by points, why would they do that? Oh, that's so interesting. You know, I haven't watched it, but I think if you're British, most of the time, oh no, this is KSI, wasn't it? I'm thinking of Logan Paul or Jake Paul, whoever it was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually met anyone in the flesh who was rooting for KSI in that fight. Yeah, I know. I just feel like KSI has gone quite cringy at the moment. Like he, his ego has gotten too big since he's sort of stopped involving himself in the sidemen as much I just don't really think he's very likable anymore I used um, to love him when I was younger like be obsessed with him and the sidemen like 
this is when I was really young it was like the original KSI just so obsessed with him mm. um but yeah so during this fight me and Mally were actually at one of our local fairs we didn't see the fight in person did you watch it on catch-up or did you um or did you do snippets I watched it I watched it live but yeah it turns out that apparently one of the judges added up their scorecard wrong so I don't know if that changes things but if you actually watch back the fight um Tommy got deducted a point for hitting Kersai in the back of the head if you don't know like that's an illegal move in boxing you're not allowed to punch someone in the back of the head and there has been a famous boxer that did actually die from being hit in the back of the head during a fight so something that's really frowned upon but he did do that several times but if you actually watch back the video um Tommy got a point deducted from him for that but if you watch back the video Kersai actually punches him in the head several times as well throughout the fight (laughs) um and he was constantly like hugging him I don't know if you know what I mean but like you know when they hug on to each other in the middle of the fight that was what I was gonna say I said I have watched it from, but from what I've seen online people are just saying that they were hugging each other until the final five minutes <laughs> yeah there was a lot of that going on and like apparently he should have had points deducted for that as well so I don't know I hope Tommy still like wins I hope they don't remark it in favor of KSI just because I just liked seeing his ego take a hit, to be honest, because I just think he's gotten too big for his boots and he's shown how much of a sore loser he is. Like, even if you don't think you should have won, there was actually a really good example where Tommy Fury and I think it was Jake Paul or Logan Paul, I can't remember, they fought last year, I think it was, and Tommy Fury won. And um, it was Jake Paul, it was. And Tommy Fury won. And at the end of the fight, Jake even said, like, you know, respect to him he won and everything like you are supposed to have that respect like you did lose um and he just didn't really have any of that kind of like normal respect that they have at the end of the fight for the other person despite losing he was a really sore loser oh so hmm, it was an interesting one really 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 eventful really eventful fight though like there was the logan paul versus dillian fight as well and oh my gosh, that was crazy. He literally tried to do like a MME move on him at the end of the fight. He didn't throw a single punch. And then at the end, he tried to put Logan Paul in a headlock and tried to kick him in the face. <gasps> and then um, the security guards had to like jump in. There was about 50 security guards in the ring. And this Dillian guy was like trying to punch the security and everything. It was just absolute carnage. I've never seen anything like it. Oh my God. I kind of wish I watched all these fights now. I know, it was actually really good. Yeah, um, but yeah, we had our kind of own experience with the fight. I, To be honest, I've got to say, I've never actually seen a proper fight in real life. Like, I've never seen anybody, like, punch somebody in person, not on TV. Um, so the night of the Tommy Fury fight, um, me and Mally went to our local fair. There was a big fair on um, where Mally lives. Um, we just went there for the night just to, you know, we just thought we'd go down there. We didn't expect it to be as eventful as it was. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I found so strange, like, I, I understood it later on, right, because of the events that happened. Went down to the fair. There were police everywhere, like, police security guards walking up and down the fair. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, at this point, we kind of arrived about half six. So the only people that were really there were, like, kids. Like, there weren't, they weren't really many, like, groups of, like, young people yet. As the night went on, more and more flocks of young people started turning up. And me and Mally had just gotten off the waltzer. Um, and we started walking down the high street. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this mass brawl between two groups of girls just erupted on the floor in front of us. 
there were girls fighting, like having a proper scrap. And next to them, there were these like group of girls just recording and screaming, go on, like, come on, pull it. Oh, my God. And Mally said, should we like pull them off each other you you didn't you say something yeah. like should we intervene yeah uh, i was like i'm not getting punched tonight for doing that i know they were like 13 as well like literally it didn't go on for very long this fight but it was really weird like people just started grabbing them off but i don't know i did nearly jump in at one stage so i was like this is getting too much now like they're actually hitting each other um but at the same time like yeah I didn't really want to get punched either and like I don't you don't really know what you're getting yourself into when you do something like that because that could start a fight between you and someone else to be honest like I don't know these people at all do I really want to involve myself I guess that's a moral dilemma as well isn't it um do you really want to involve yourself with the possibility of getting hurt I don't know but um I didn't I didn't need to in the end but I just can't believe stuff like that goes on like in in my my mum said like in her in her sort of like youth when they went to the fair, there was always fights. So my mum said she got like pulled off. She got pulled off like what you know. There's like the metal on the outside of the rides where you like stand and you walk down. Yeah. She said she like got yanked from behind by a girl pulling her hair like by the bumper cars or something when she was at the fair when she was young. So there was really? loads, loads of fights apparently back then. But all throughout my years of being at the fair, there's never been any fights. So I think it must have just skipped a generation because. There wasn't any fights for anyone in my year, definitely not. And I wouldn't even say anyone in the year above or below either. So it's weird that it's sort of all come back. I guess it depends on the area. It's a different area to the fair that I grew up that we went to. Mm. Um, But yeah, I've never seen anything like it. There was multiple fights that night. I couldn't believe some of the stuff we were seeing. There was this one what, that, that it does show that there's a lot of lies being told and like Chinese whispers. yeah. I don't know if you can say Chinese whispers anymore, whether that's kind of like... I'm not sure, but it's a game we all used to play when we were younger. I can't see it being like... I know. I feel like that's not going to be something you'll be able to say soon. But um, I don't know what the origin behind it is. But anyway, there was a lot of Chinese whispers going on. um, People saying, oh, yeah, this boy, he, he, you know, the security guard punched him and all of this when he tried to fight someone and the security guard had to like get on top of him and stop him yeah so it what was- happened we were we were just kind of standing around and we saw some police officers walking over to this like scene and like all these groups of young kids and we were like what's going on and then after like lingering about for a little while this girl came up to us and said oh yeah that boy's getting arrested because the security guard tried to beat him up and you know he shouldn't be going down for it the police officers in the power position he was the one that's beating him up me and Manny were like what and obviously, we, we think to ourselves, like, a security guard wouldn't really just, like, beat someone up for no reason. Like, what's really going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and after a while, one of the... Was it a security guard? I'm sure it was a security guard was talking to us, that woman. And she said, um, this boy, that he was, like, 14, he tried to start a fight. And the police officer, the security guard had to hold him down. Um, but because the boy was, like, a minor, they couldn't really hold him down. I don't know if they're allowed to. But, you know, they're, like, security guards who's trying to start a fight. Anyway, so that was the main, that was one of the fights. And then the next one, the boy's mum turns up, pushes through the crowd and starts yelling at him, yelling at the police officers, calms down a bit. And out of nowhere, his dad turns up and starts screaming in the police woman's faces. Oh, my God. It was bizarre. Like, everybody was just huddled around watching it. It was so funny. Um, so while the Tommy Fury, Fury fight was going down, we were this fair. There were fights everywhere. 
Um, wasn't there another one towards the end of the night as well in one of the pubs by the side of the fair? And yeah. me and Mally, what we we were sitting on the windowsill in outside <laughs> spa or co-op or whatever it was, yeah. and all of a sudden, all the police officers started sprinting in one, in the direction, and we were like, "Come on, let's follow them!" So we started sprinting up the high street. Um, we didn't unfortunately witness the fight. That would have been quite funny, but um, yeah, another fight. So we don't know what's going on with this fair. It's crazy. So many people just fighting. I'm sure your boyfriend said to you before we went out as well that there would be fights that night. Yeah, he said there was fights at the petrol station the night before because I think the fair was on the night before as well because we went on the Saturday. And I thought, surely not. Like, he's just been dramatic. But no, there was. And it was all really young kids as well. Um, really young and like 13 14 and it's just like disgusting to see to be honest um it's dangerous though it's so dangerous. no one no one luckily like no one was hurt like obviously when we're saying oh this was funny like literally no one was hurt there was no blood like nobody was actually injured it was just silly like silly little fights happening between kids but it, it actually does kind of worry me for like you know the future generation a little bit like if I was to have kids I just don't I know everyone's different and like even if I was in that generation I wouldn't be getting into fights but it's just worrying like that's my sister's generation that are getting into fights and I do feel like they're just very boisterous like I feel like there's not been enough discipline on kids that age at all probably because of lockdown and stuff they've just gotten away with way too much like the amount of 15 14 13 year olds that I saw vaping and smoking cigarettes there just out in the open was actually rank like I'm I'm not trying to be judgmental but like it's not as if you've literally been like hooked on them, like your parents have introduced you to them. Like these people have just started vaping and like smoking of their own accord. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did literally make me feel a bit sick. Like I don't. Yeah. One it's thing that we both thing... saw that was yeah. So... One thing we saw, which was like we both the both of us saw this, which we found so odd. Obviously, this boy who would try to start the fight, this fourteen-year-old boy. There were loads of police around him, one up. And he just pulls out his vape and starts vaping. And then, he, obviously, what happened with his mother happened. And they were just stood there, the two of them, just vaping together. We were like, what on earth is going on? They're right next to police officers. How can you encourage that kind of behaviour for your, like, really young child? I think it's awful. Like, especially the amount of, like, health effects that are coming out about it now. How can you, like, grow up like that? And also, in terms of, like, obviously promoting the fights and that kind of thing. Um the parents were really heavily defending him. I'm like, what's going on? He was like trying to start a fight. Like he's not going to learn anything if you're just going to like shout at police officers. That's the kind of image that these people are growing up with. Like, you know, police officers are awful, but. Yeah, it is scary to be fair. Like there's one thing smoking and vaping with your friends, like in a bloody bus stop and like sneaking it from your parents. And there's another thing openly smoking and vaping in a public area at the age of like 14. Like it shouldn't be normalized. Like it's supposed to be, something naughty that you do it's not supposed to be the norm and it actually does scare me the amount of kids that are vaping at the moment mm-hmm. um I honestly do hope they ban them um I like I have vaped before I've tried vape whatever um I've even I've even tried cigarettes like to be honest with you and not not in the last few years but when mm-hmm. I was younger when I say younger I'm talking 17 18 you know not 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 15 years old I wouldn't have dared but yeah it's just it's not for me it's not something I would ever get hooked on I think yeah right if you want to try it once in your life you know fine but getting hooked on something like that especially the vape because people do think it's just so cool and I just think oh my god it's just 
I find it really difficult to see. Like I just find it really cringy. If my if I caught my little sister vaping, I'd be having stern words with her. Yeah, I think the saddest thing is when I was in secondary school, there were about five people in my year who smoked cigarettes. And everybody would look at them like, oh, like, what are you doing? That's disgusting. And nobody vaped. Like, I think the age that me and you were at, nobody really vaped yet. It wasn't this massive, massive thing. Um, And then, you know, nobody's smoking, nobody's vaping, basically. Two years later, it's vaping. It's like these, what are they called? Like jewels or whatever, like e-cigarettes, just everything. Yeah. People are fixated on them like mango like sorbet flavor that's why they're so appealing to kids because of all these different flavors like birth i saw one the other day birthday cake flavor i was like how do you have birthday cake flavored air like what is going on i know um, right that, that's what it is it's so appealing to kids and it's just seen as like just so yeah you just want to do it because of that like the- it's actually awful though there's a whole netflix documentary at the moment called like it's something about vapes mm. Like how the dual pod was invented first. It was like an American sort of dual. They call it a dual. Is that what it's called? I think dual. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was invented to obviously help people stop smoking. But then there's the big argument as well that they did invent it for people just to start smoking that instead. Because um, when like it first came out, that was what we all thought it was for. We thought it was to help people come off mm. cigarettes. And like, it was. Them. It was at the beginning. You know, like people mm. would come into the shop where I worked this was before the big disposable vapes were like really much of a thing and people would buy the liquids and you know when it was putting the liquids in and everything there was a lot more kind of like admin behind it you know mm-hmm. um and you'd actually have to choose the strength and you choose the flavor and there wasn't that many flavors there was nothing as nice as there is with these lost marys and everything now there was like tobacco flavor menthol and like a couple of berry sort of ones there, there wouldn't have been like birthday cake and I do think it's just ridiculous like I don't know like cigarettes the thing is with cigarettes is like people still do it and it is and it doesn't taste or smell nice but when you're making something bad taste and smell nice like it's just like a no-brainer that people are going to do it but I don't really get why you kind of like want to inflict yourself with that like you know I just don't really understand it personally um, but I guess it's the same with alcohol, really, isn't it? They've made that taste and smell nice as well when it could have just been pure, straight spirit. So, yeah, that's true. There's always going to be an argument about that. But yeah. yeah, I'm always really interested to see what's going to come out about Bates in the next few years. Like, you know, every, near enough, every single 15 year old, 15 below and above vapes now. Like, I know my 18 year old sister, when she was in secondary school, she's a few years younger than me. She said that you couldn't even go to the toilet by us, but like in a group anymore, you couldn't. They would like they wouldn't let you, and they would have people to monitor the toilets like at all times because of how many people would go in there and just vape. I just that's like crazy how so many people are into it, and they'd have six formers who were like vape dealers, and they would go and buy a load of vapes because they're obviously eighteen, and then just sell them for a couple quid to all the year sevens and eights, which is just bizarre. That's so bad. Mm. Um. So yeah, and I know a lot of people are getting like popcorn lung and all these different things from and seizures from vapes. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see what happens in the next few years. Like I think with cigarettes, you kind of know it's bad. You know that that's really bad for you. But with vapes, I think people just start it really innocently, not knowing what they're going to get into. I think they're so in denial about it, though. Like you see people, like when we were at the fair, I was noticing people like on the rides vaping. 
yeah vaping way more than you would be smoking you know like they're chain vaping like Mm. if you were to smoke that many cigarettes you would be considered like a heavy heavy chain smoker like to the point where you can't put it down yeah people are doing it as if it's nothing because it is it isn't as you know it's a lot easier to just whip out a vape and take the toke of it rather than lighting up a cigarette and rolling a cigarette and all of this like they've made it so easy now that people literally can't go two minutes without a hit of nicotine and like the damage that's having on your health is is ridiculous like I would rather my kids smoke than vape and that's just like that says a lot okay Okay. oh sorry you go (laughs) I was gonna say that brings us to the end of our rant there about um you know like a trending topic i suppose but now we're going to jump into the question of the week so sadie what have we got this week so we're going to ask you guys a moral dilemma we're going to ask you the first one that we read out this week because we think maybe some people have got some experience with going through like boyfriends or ex-boyfriends or girlfriends phones um so we'll ask you guys your partner has done nothing to suggest he's being unfaithful to you However, because of your cheating ex, you get a strong urge to go to look at his phone every time he showers. Do you take a look? So head over to our Instagram stories. Let us know what you think. If you have any stories about horrible things you found on your boyfriend or ex's phone, um, please do let us know. We love reading those out. Um, so yeah, head over to the Instagram at whatsthegoss.pod and we'll be sure to answer those out there. Next week, we've got a little something fun planned. It is Halloween next Tuesday. Um, so we're going to be doing a spooky episode so make sure you're all tuned in for that on the 31st um but yeah um yeah thank you guys so much for listening go over to the instagram and answer that if you have any dilemmas send them over to the email at gospodcast uh gospodcast.gmail.com and we'll see you next week for episode 19 thanks for listening bye guys